Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my episode about the Empyrean Foundation. I'm going to try and give you the best advice I can on how to maximize this event with all of your fractaline or fractaline, however people say it. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live at saynotorage.com. That'll bring you right to my live channel whenever I'm streaming if you want to join in these conversations. Uh, if you're on YouTube, hitting like, subscribe, and hitting the bell button and all those things is greatly appreciated. So the Empyrean Foundation is going to be a challenge that starts in Destiny for the community. It's going to start on February the 4th and run for the duration of the season, uh, making the last week of the season basically the, the reset on the 25th into, I'm sorry, March 3rd would be the last reset. So, the the strategies I'm going to outline in this video may get tweaked. I don't know. I'm waiting for a response from Deej right now. Uh, we do these a little too early in the morning Eastern time for the Western time zone to get back to us quickly. So, I'll try and update the info panel below if anything has changed in the information that I'm going to outline for you right now. So I'm going to say, I'm going to like walk you through what is it, what's going on, how's this work, and then I'm going to give you some advice. Uh, and I'm going to talk about community events and going forward and things they can do to make this better. So, what is it? Basically, we're going to be contributing to the Empyrean Foundation, our Fractaline. You're going to take your Fractaline and you're going to pump it in there. And when you do that, there's going to be some benefits. And on the screen right now, I have the details from the TWAB. If you if you contribute 100 Fractaline, that's like every time you want to contribute, that's how much it needs to be put in there. Every time you do that, it's going to generate 25% flat progression on all time loss weapon bounties in your inventory. We don't know if that's a one-time thing we're not sure how we're supposed to read this if it's a 25% flat because the buff for completions is not applying to it is that what they mean or do they mean it's a one-time thing we don't know if it's 25% every time then conceivably every 400 polarized fractaline donated you could have all of your time loss weapon bounties in your inventory completing which means portions of your fractaline could be you know used to buy frames to get weapons we don't know yet if that's a one-time or not I'm reading it as as a as a one-time thing if it's every time that's great you're going to get a ton of weapons now something else that's going to be going on your tower obelisk presently has a resonance power if you're like me and you took all of your planetary obelisks to level 11 your tower obelisks will have a resonance power of 4600 you can go and check that right now in the tower or check the triumph under seasonal and see what it is on the third page of the triumph under seasonal for season 9 it'll show you it's 4600 if all four planets are at level 11 now the question we're trying to get clarity right now is does that mean every Tuesday for the duration of the season am I getting 4600 is it going to spit out 4600 fractaline if that's the case someone on reddit has done the math and basically what you would want to do to maximize your contributions to the Empyrean foundation is reset on the 4th you would take all of your fractaline and dump it into the obelisks on the planet to raise your resonance at the tower if you if you take 10,000 fractaline and you pump it into the planetary obelisks 10,000 translate into 5,000 resonance power. So you're getting a 2 to 1 ratio for every, you know, 2 fractaline you're donating you're getting 1 back the following weeks and what you're doing is, on the 4th and on the 11th, you would be taking all of your fractaline and putting it into the planetary obelisks so that way on the 18th the 25th and the 3rd you're getting a ton out of the weekly generated, you know, tower obelisk amount and now you take that and you contribute to the Empyrean Foundation. You're going to maximize how much you give to the Empyrean Foundation if you do it this way. I'm waiting for clarity on Deej whether or not I think you should in fact do it that way, which means when this video hits live on Monday 
you would then go into the tower before before Tuesday's reset on the fourth, and you would take all of your fractaline and donate it into I'm sorry, invest it into the planetary obelisks. That's my tentative advice. I'll try to put confirmation in the information below if I do get confirmation from Deej that is exactly how it's going to work. Right below it says you can increase the resonant power by upgrading other obelisks. So as far as we know, that's going to be the right strategy and if you want to do that before Tuesday the 4th, it's probably going to increase your ability to contribute and then if you take the advice from Reddit and you take all your fractaline on the 4th and on the 11th and put it into the planetary obelisks, you will likely then have the greatest return of your investment because the subsequent weeks, weeks 3, 4, and 5, which would land on February 18th, 25th, and March 3rd, you would have way more fractaline to then donate to the Empyrean Foundation. Here down at the bottom, players who donate more than 5,000 polarized fractaline before the end of the season will earn a triumph and an emblem. More than likely, they set this up on purpose that the 4,600 that you have right now, if all of your you know planetary obelisks that are at level 11, if they're all at level 11, you get 4,600 the first week from the tower. They've made it very easy to get the 5,000 for the triumph and the emblem. Now, if we go down here to the goals, it gets pretty wild. Stage 1 is 400 million. Stage 2 is 700 million. And then when you get to stage 3, it's 1.2 billion fractaline from the players and folks are basically doing the math and if it continues to scale up all the way to stage 7 they're kind of averaging it out to about you know one and a half million folks are going to all have to hit the 5,000 mark in order for us to hit what seems to be an exponentially increasing goal I would say they're not showing stages 4, 5, 6, and 7 because they may want to be careful here and lower those goals or not have them get as high exponentially dependent upon the you know community response. They don't want to have us fail. Uh, they are going to be updating in the tower, but Dylan has indicated that it's not going to be a one-to-one update. My, my thought on this is it's probably going to be a daily update. Every day at reset, they'll update the total. Uh, I know I said in past videos that for Faction Rally and for past challenges and even for the corridors of time, they don't seem to be able to do something like that the tower it still seems like there's a technological limitation on them doing that it's not going to be a live update they'll probably shove out a a a daily a daily update which for future you know for future events that's pretty cool that they can do that i didn't think that they could um and a daily update's better than nothing so that's the entire event that's the kind of the front end of the video that's what is the event that's some of my tentative advice on how you can approach the event if you're trying to maximize your contribution to the Empyrean Foundation now let's just talk about community events in general I mean I I think this is definitely along a spectrum of events I would say that this on the front end it's looking much better than the Mars event uh, it sounds better because it's tied to the season a little bit more and it seems to be giving you benefits if we if we are getting frames completed every 400 you know polarized frames Fractaline donation uh, to the Empyrean Foundation, you know, that's a lot of weapons, and that's a great way to kind of crescendo the event. You're going to get a ton of weapons at the end, maybe get some of those rolls that have been eluding you, because you're going to be getting sort of showered with drops at the end, if that is in fact how it's how it works. If that's not how it works, and it's only a one-time 25%, that's still a nice jump start to your frames, and you can take those frames then and complete them uh, a little bit quicker. I would say the rewards are better as well because there seems to be some rhythmic drops in this. It's not just go and play on Mars. You're doing stuff with the Fractaline. You're, this is also you know motivating people to continue to play. You're not just donating. You're not just going to the tower and pushing a button and, 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 and pumping your Fractaline into something. You can be getting your weekly Obelisk bounties done and your Sundial weekly uh, challenges done to get as much Fractaline as possible. So there's still a reason to continue to play and ramp up your investment and your play at the end for both you know benefits of weapon drops as 
as well as you know contributing to the thing and seeing the number go up it's kind of a cool way to do community events so going forward here in conclusion i think community events can be really really good capstones to the season this is a cool way to end the season. Here's a shader. Here's an emblem. You know, here's something to occupy your time the end. I also think it probably frees up Bungie a little bit. I mean, as far as substance and bandwidth, they don't have to add new content for this. It's something in-game that's giving you, you know, internal benefits and rewards as well as sort of being tracked and the community can kind of come together. It's a nice way to end the season. They don't have to add new content. It would be weird for them to add new content at the end because it'd be like, well, you only have a month to run this aspect of the season. So a seasonal challenge that ramps up rewards and kind of ramps up player engagement it's probably a really really good way to pass the baton to the following season it also shows that faction rally could return and have a nice quality of life improvement if they're going to do something with faction rally in the future they could then track faction rally contributions and work and and levels throughout the week and you could log in each day and see those updates so now that bungie is showing they can do that i think it'd be a good quality of life improvement for events like faction rally or if they do another event like this in the future i think it's nice for folks to just log in and check it they don't have to go to twitter they don't have to go to bungie.net they're able to see that in the game it's not a live update they don't have dedicated servers but they can push out maybe little hot fixes um, each day as a way to keep that obelisk hologram moving so we have a sense of progression uh ikora's gate disappeared though at the end and i am kind of concerned about these events and the seasons not feeling like they're having a significant impact on the game this season we rescued saint 14 folks are worried he's going to go away and now we're building a beacon so i like that this seems to be leading to a more permanent change in the game because ikora's little gate that she built went away this is something we're building uh from the data mines it were you know we're building a lighthouse and this is leading to trials of osiris and season of the unworthy so i like the idea idea of the seasonal stories carrying things forward but also our contribution and our work sort of modifying the game and changing the game and doing things within the game itself in a more permanent fashion we rescued saint 14 it'd be cool if he stuck around we're building this beacon we're building this lighthouse you know with the empyrean foundation and that's going to be something that sticks around if i said unworthy i'm sorry it's season of the worthy i keep wanting to say season of the unworthy season of the worthy uh, is where we're headed and this is sort of our way of building the lighthouse so we're going to transition to Q&A. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live at rage.com. As always, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the question and answer session that followed my talk about the Empyrean Foundation. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live at saynotorage.com. Uh, that'll bring you right into the channel and you can take part of these discussions and Q&A sessions. Also, if you are on YouTube, you can hit like, share, subscribe, the little bell button. All those things help me out. Now, if you're watching the video version, you'll be able to see during this talk a very basic and very clear breakdown of the best strategy to maximize your contribution to the Empyrean Foundation. Based on everything we know this far, uh, the assumptions based off of raising the resonance rank of the obelisk in the tower, giving you lots of Fractaline every Tuesday. So, if you're listening to the audio version, this will probably be irrelevant to you uh, for the first week, but the following weeks you might be able to apply this. So, the the, the visual I'm giving folks here is, the week of the 28th that we're presently in right now when I'm recording this because it's January 31st the week of the 28th you should be investing all of your Fractaline into the planetary obelisks this raises the resonance rank of the tower obelisk so if all four of your planetary obelisks are presently at level 11 
your resonance rank in the tower obelisk is 4600 meaning you're going to get 4600 every tuesday you want to raise that number as high as possible eventually you want to shift from doing that to donating to the Empyrean foundation so that's what this list here represents so the week of february the 4th and the week of february 11th you are going to continue investing all fractaline into the planetary obelisks to subsequently raise the tower obelisk resonance score resonance total you're doing that basically for the first two weeks of the event but if you're listening to this early enough you can do it before february the 4th what that does is it ensures you have a bigger total coming from the tower obelisk every week and in having that larger total you will then have more to donate starting on the 18th so every every week following february 18th to february 25th and march the 3rd you'll be getting a pretty substantial total from the tower obelisk you'll also be able to run your weekly bounties you'll also be able to run the sundial any fractaline you earn in these weeks what i'm telling you to do is what you should do if you're trying to maximize your contribution to the Empyrean Foundation. So January 28th to the week of February 11th, it's all about investing in the obelisks. And then February the 18th, all the way to March 3rd, it's all about donating to the Empyrean Foundation. It doesn't matter how much fractaline you have or where it's coming from, you're following these instructions for that entire week, whether it's from a bounty or from St. 14 Bounty or the Sundial, you just follow that heading. I hope that's clear. Uh, I also hope that we haven't misjudged anything. We're basing this off of math from somebody on Reddit, and it seemed to check out. We double and triple checked everything. This seems to be the best way to maximize. If you're not worried about any of this, just take your free Fractaline each week from your Tower Obelisk, donate it to the Empyrean Foundation, get your handy-dandy emblem and shader and all that. You only need 5,000 to get that. And if you're getting you know, a decent chunk every week from the Tower Obelisk, you'll be just fine. Uh, this is for folks that really want to maximize. Now, I wish I could have included this in the normal talk, but I wanted to front load the Q&A with it just for the folks that might hear it. Violent Serpent with the first question. Due to a stage-like goal reward milestone for the Empyrean Foundation, do you think the final milestone would be to reveal what the next season is about? Uh, you know, it, it internally in the game, they have this this line from the, the data leak. If we, if we read the data leak from uh, the data miner, we have it in chat right now under the trials command. The line in the game right now that was data mined, it says, with the restoration of the lighthouse complete, trials of Osiris and more will return in season of the worthy. My thought would be here, that's going to be in the game for the final week, or as you said, once this is completed, because once this is completed, that line makes sense. I believe that's what we're doing during the Empyrean Foundation. So, Gab Med Black. So if you don't complete this, we don't get trials. That's right. If the community fails here, Bungie will delete trials for forever. That's sarcasm. TX Blue. Do you think an emblem and a shader is a good incentive? I think anyone who already maxed out their obelisk already have God Roll time lost weapons. A uh, lot of presumption here in the second half. I don't think that that's true. I have my obelisk max, and I still don't have certain rolls that I've been looking for. I do have I do have some god rolls, and I maybe got one today. But no, not necessarily. Even if even if let's say you have every single god roll that you want, that's fine. You're getting an arrhythmic delivery of reward, and not every event is for every person. So if you're at the upper echelons of the player base and you have all god rolls and a dumb amount of fractaline 
well, the, the event's not going to land on you the same way as somebody who maybe suddenly is motivated to raise their obelisk ranks. And maybe they're excited that they can get the guns a little bit faster because as they're donating to the Imperian Foundation, they can have weapon frames, you know, completing in their inventory. We think that's how that's going to work. It says a flat 25. We don't know if it's a one time or if it can't be manipulated by the booster that you can buy. Maybe that's why it says a flat amount. Um, so. I, you know, if, if it doesn't land on you and you're like, well, I already have all the god rolls, at the very least, you're going to have a junk ton of weapons and then subsequently a junk ton of legendary shards. So I, I don't think that every activity, the, the truth is, I think this is a good time to maybe just reiterate the idea that, I mean, this is a microcosmic example of how if you're a really, really hardcore player, you're going to have content land on you differently. The longevity and the value of the content is more than likely uh, going to land on you uh, a little differently than everybody else. And this is a really, really good example of that. If you have all of the god rolls, you're like, well, that's great that I get weapons really, really fast. That's not as exciting. Um, so an emblem and a shader, pretty good incentive. And then a bunch of uh, a bunch of guns the whole time from the frames. I am Skolas says, do you feel this is a good progress from the Mars event? Also, what does it, uh, oh, does it feel it would be good to have an event like this lead to the next season each time? Basically said this during the talk. Yes, I said this is a good way to capstone the season. It's tied to the frames, it's tied to the fractal line, it's tied to the bounties, and you know, it's a good way to kind of bring everybody back in and say, hey, if you haven't been paying attention to this, now you can do it. You'll get in-game rewards, you'll get, you know, an, an easy completion help on your frames, um, and then it's a good way to kind of end the the season and then by the time we're all kind of burned out with running those bounties and getting those guns and thinking about all this uh it's time for the next season to start so i do i do think this is in in compared to the mars events i do think this is better it's not go fight stuff on mars into a nightfall this is do stuff that's tied to the season and we're going to do a thing in the tower to let you know probably daily uh what the updates are it's not going to be like a minute by minute hour by hour Peter Iliac. If you didn't buy the current season, would you still think it's worth the $10 if you were bought at this point? That's a, that's a tough one because I think if you bought the season now, you're going to really put yourself into a crunch. You basically have February and one week in March. Um, that's not bad. If you can hit it and get it for five weeks, I mean, if you play like a lot of us did during December, you'll probably be okay. You get some guns, get some god rolls, you know, you'll have something to do for the, you know, the next month. And coincidentally, it's going to coincide with this this event, right? You could be maximizing your obelisks and running those bounties and maximizing your obelisks syncs right up with this event. You're going to be spending those first three weeks investing in your obelisks and that's just enough time to max them out. After you've maxed them out and you can get some god rolls, you can start dumping stuff into the Empyrean. The biggest hang-up you're probably going to have is you're really going to have to dump, uh, dump a lot of time into bounties and really maximizing XP if you want to get all 100 levels from the season pass. Um, that'll probably be the only thing that feels somewhat dissonant. A lot of us got to like 92 on the season pass for the extra perk on the guns, and then subsequently we spent the next month, January, going for god rolls. You are going to miss out on some quality and some value. I will say this. If you're going to buy the season now and play very casually, I would say probably not worth it it's your ten dollars though in your mind if it's worth it the ten dollars to get a couple of guns and and get the symmetry and get some of the stuff from the season pass you might say ah that's worth ten bucks you know you might not you might say i don't know i'm only going to be able to play a couple hours a week um 
it that's gonna that's gonna really fall under your own your own decision making because I could see somebody saying yeah I can play about eh, five, 10 hours a week you know a couple hours a night not a lot and it's worth 10 bucks something to do and I'll end up with new stuff before next season somebody might say dad that's not worth it yeah, 10 hours a week I'm not gonna get everything I'm not gonna complete everything I'm not gonna complete the season pass so ultimately it comes down to you as the consumer to decide that uh, gatecrasher as this seems to be an evolution of a community event from the Mars one, how would you like to see it evolve further? What we do, rewards. You got to be careful here because if you make unique stuff show up the final month, that could be frustrating for folks who maybe there's, you know, three months to a season and the final month they play, they can't play as much. You don't want people feeling like they're going to miss out on a part of the season if they're unable to play as much that final month. So I think doing it this way as a send-off and a bit of a crescendo is probably one of the better ways to structure this um, as opposed to suddenly having a bunch of unique stuff dropping in the game. That would be my biggest concern is because it's time-gated, because the season's coming to an end, I do believe they have to be careful about that, and that could lead to pretty poor reception. You don't want the end of Season of Dawn being like ending on a sour note for a lot of folks and then being like, hey, do you want to spend another $10 for Season of the Worthy? It needs to end on a high note, and I think the danger there is... When they go mid lane like this, the hardcores are going to get grumpy and say it's lame and not that cool. And then the more mid lane, more casual players are probably like, oh, this is pretty neat. There's something going on. I can contribute. I can check the total every day. So I think, again, their target audience is the mid lane player, the hobbyist player, knowing that the hardcore top 10% are going to buy and play every season anyway. Um, If they ended the season with a hyper exclusive or hyper awesome or hyper challenging thing, any of those categories, any of those characteristics, I think would be um, a danger to people again feeling like it ends on a sour note. Soul Harvester. The leaked info about Trials says that Trials will, uh, Trials and more will return. This seems to imply that Trials is the only thing being brought back. What do you think the chances are that factions will come back as a part of PVE? I never thought to read it this way. Dadgummit, that's good. Trials and more will return, meaning that Trials isn't the only thing, quote, returning. And if you remember, traditionally, Factions and Trials both left at the same time. And at the time, we thought Trials was going to be gone longer because they said that, like, Factions were going to be temporarily removed. And they said that they said the Trials would be gone for the duration of the next season. And we thought, oh, well, Trials is going to be gone for longer. Factions might come back halfway through. That's that's a good that's a really good observation that I haven't made until now. I had heard people saying, "What about SRL? What about factions?" And I didn't know why they kept saying SRL. Now I understand. They're saying, "Well, something else is returning." And for it to return means it had to have left. I would say SRL ain't coming back because it didn't exist in Destiny 2, so it can't return to Destiny 2. And Factions left at the exact same time as Trials. So I would put a pretty big maybe. I'm going to give you a big fat maybe that Factions is in fact coming back. Um, We're going to talk about that on Monday. I was already planning to talk about Factions returning. Now we have a reason to talk about it based off of language from Bungie to put a little bit more meat on the bones, uh, as it were. Serial Kira. Do you think it is possible for them to move to dedicated servers, either for Destiny 2 or potentially Destiny 3? It's not ever going to happen in Destiny 2. 
Um, the likelihood of it happening is very, very low. There was in interviews done after the world uh, premiere with Mark Noseworthy and Luke Smith, and they basically said they would have had to rebuild the entire background infrastructure of Destiny 2 to have it interact with dedicated servers. They're not going to do that in the late stages of the franchise in the late stages of Destiny 2. As far as Destiny 3 is concerned, I have not had a chance to watch Dado's video where he speculates it might not be coming. Um... I don't think that sort of speculation right now can be rooted in much, but I'm sure he probably makes pretty good sense. He doesn't go off into wild speculative, you know, videos. So it's probably a pretty good video. However, I don't know if we can even guess right now what's going on because D2 hasn't really gone into any form of cruise control. What happens in September and beyond, I think will give us a better indication of the vision for D2 and beyond. Um, so... The only way you're getting dedicated servers would be in a brand new game with a brand new engine. Getting another Destiny in a new engine remains to be seen. We don't know if that's possible. We don't know if they could find a team or outsource. They could outsource it to Epic or somebody because uh, they're making pretty good money on D2 right now. I don't. If they could outsource it and have another company build Destiny 2, you know, dev tools and dev kits and world and world building and weapon building and all that in the Unreal Engine and have it feel like Destiny, that could all be being outsourced right now and then subsequently enable them to build Destiny, you know, starting end of this year and spend two years on it, which means we would get Destiny 3 in 2022, um, which means we would have to continue coasting with big September drops and subsequent, like, thin seasons for $10. Is that enough to keep D2 going for that many years? I I don't know. The community seems to be stable, uh, more stable than it was during the end of D1. We have a larger community and a more stable community than the end of D1 and the early years of D2. So I would say they've got a really good springboard. They have got to figure out PvP. PvP is hemorrhaging, and PvE is just staying pretty rock solid. I mean, we're about to enter February, and we just now dropped to 800,000. That's really, really good for PvE. Ordinarily, we hit that number around the 800,000 mark way earlier in January. We made it all the way through January, and we just now started dropping uh, lower. And guess what? That all might change next week. We might start to really see a rebound in PvE daily engaged numbers, which is good for the game, good for Bungie, and good for all of us. So, the numbers are healthy. The money's coming in. I could see Bungie really having a strong investment in slow-burning D3 way out into the future and 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 having a slow downward glide of D2 because D2 seems to be doing pretty good um, given the new format. You kind of can't listen to the streamers and the YouTubers. I don't think they're the best indication of the game's health right now. They tend to magnify the problems by getting there, by, by playing a lot and experiencing what I would consider to be franchise fatigue. Um, and if, if they're making the next game, um, then yay. But somebody in chat saying, I bet money D3's announced at E3. Absolutely not. I would see E3 being used to announce the next September DLC, which would probably be the return to the Dreadnought. So I do not think we'll be hearing anything about D3 anytime soon. Marvel Facilities, is Xenophage worth it? It's quite a bit better than it used to be. If it's Solar Week in places like the Sundial, since there's so many majors, it is a major killer. It's very strong against majors. And a lot of the newer bosses 
especially the bosses in the sundial the damage windows are really short anyway so you don't really need a heavy weapon to do tons of damage you're more chiseling the boss in the sundial so it's a fun weapon in there um, for a handful of reasons the reason thoughts about an exclusive coming to the event the worthy quest was found which is a one to three man activity plus saint 14 badge has a missions uh spot i have no idea i i again don't think they're gonna want to put a lot of eggs in this basket um if they put a lot of eggs in this basket and make it really exclusive and really crazy you run the risk of upsetting people the three-man activity is more than likely just like a story a, a mini story mission or something um, that would be my guess, which is something that'll be there for the duration of the event. So you basically will have a month to run like a story mission with your friends. Zvanik. What do you think about introducing original PvP activities in public areas? Uh, we had this question before. I think that would be terrible. I don't think that's in the identity of the game. I don't want a bunch of bandwidth and development time spent on something that has, in my opinion, it has no business in Destiny. That's not what I want my public space to turn into. And if it's a separate space, I really don't want Bungie spending any more time creating things that just don't feel like they fit with the identity. A lot of time and money and investment was more than likely spent on Gambit. Gambit retains about 10% of the daily player base. It's like it gets about raid engagement levels and and then they've kind of left it sit. So anytime they're shifting bandwidth and attention to something new, they're taking risk. And I don't think now's the time to risk time and bandwidth on brand new ideas and things that don't seem to really fit the thrust and feel of Destiny uh, at all. It might mesh well with faction rallies and could encourage more use of public spaces. Yeah, I mean, I'm never against the idea of having faction rallies come back and feel more substantive and cool and more more global impacting on the game itself, like the game world and stuff. But at the same time, I don't think that that fits the game. I really don't. PvP is PvP and PvE is PvE. And when they tried to mesh the two in Gambit, it just became a PvP game mode in disguise. Um, So, Jinja 300. With Trials looking to be returning next season, would you rather have a new PvE mode along with that season or perhaps focus more on quality of life changes like Vendor, Seasonal Progression, Factions Returning, ETC? I would say that we we can expect more next season. So I could see them bringing back Faction Rally and that could potentially be like the Osiris Obelisk hub. So factions would become the hub that springboards into the activity. And so it would be along the lines of like season of the worthy, right? We're proving ourselves worthy in trials of Osiris and we're proving ourselves worthy with factions and going out under their name and banner and engaging in some activity that proves our worth. I could see that being a sort of harmonious season like those two things would sort of make sense together if it's all about trials i think that's lopsided if it's just if it's if it's just trials and then some random pve event that doesn't make as much sense i could definitely see trials of osiris and factions both coming together and really creating this idea and thematic sort of oh this all kind of works we are proving ourselves worthy both in trials of osiris and to the factions as well nerve racks 
I agree that this is a good way of finishing the season. However, do you think maybe they could or should have saved a weapon for the end of the seasons? I feel like we need more loot, but hard for me to say. Yeah, I mean, the woulda, coulda, shoulda questions, I don't really get into these. And again, I've already kind of shot this idea down, sort of, a little bit, that saving something to the very end is dangerous because people might miss out on it. If it's easy to get, sure, why not? I don't have a problem with that. Um, but again, I think the way they structured the seasons, they do time gate stuff, but they don't seem to want to time gate loot unless it's an exotic quest. And even then, they get the exotic quests out of the way, you know, right in the middle. So last month to suddenly be like, or last two weeks or whatever, be like, hey, now the event's over, here's a gun. Um, I just, I don't know if they want to do that. I think they like to use the loot, loot and weapons for other things. Spectre. People to say the game is stale over the last couple weeks. Thoughts? It's not really a question. I, people are getting bored because they always get bored in January. They overplay, they run out of stuff to do, and then they claim that the game doesn't have anything to do. They've done this since The Taken King. Remorse91. Sorry if off topic, but do you think we'll see double perks in the right column again? I know people are complaining about saturation in the weapon pool, but in my opinion, this feature made Dawn weapons unique and were my favorite part of the season. They have to be careful here. I talked about this when I was on fire team chat every season okay every three months they have to motivate you to chase new stuff but they also have to respect your old stuff you don't want to get to the end of season of dawn and be like oh dude I got so many good rolls this season and then money's like that's cool welcome to season of the worthy all your old guns suck like they, they have to be careful it, it they're they're straddling a fence they have to keep two like a feet on a, a foot on each side I gotta respect what you've already chased and then also, also, I have to give you a reason to chase more. I have to give you a reason to chase new stuff. And I think that's very difficult to do every three months. And I agree with you. I think the extra perk is a nice nudge to be like, hey, these weapons are a little bit better. Uh, I think another nice nudge would be to say in Season of the Worthy, all primaries have two mod slots, one for champion mods, one for standard mods, making new weapons slightly better than all the weapons up to this point. So, yeah, sure, I could continue running my hand cannon, my pulse, my auto rifle, my whatever, but if I want to run champion mods, some of these new weapons are a little bit better. I can run minor spec and anti-barrier. I can run, you know, extended mag, and I can run unstoppable. These are things that could potentially... Uh, lead people as a soft nudge to new weapons but again you have to be careful if you completely upset and disrupt the value hierarchy of you grinded for god rolls you had all these god rolls and now they're not really good anymore um that was something that i we didn't get into it on fire team chat but i felt that destin really oversimplified that Every season, your weapons are not completely invalidated. That just simply isn't true. A lot of the weapons I grinded for in Season of Undying are still perfectly fine. Just because they can't run the champion mods doesn't mean that they're completely invalidated. A lot of what I got from the lectern, I still use. I still use my sniper from the lectern, my grenade launcher, my shotgun. If I really wanted to use a subjunctive, I would. I don't need anti-barrier. Obviously, you're going to gravitate towards bows and scouts and pulses if you're wanting to do anti-barrier or unstoppable. I think Bungie can alleviate some of that pain by saying all primaries can run the champion mods if they want, and then there's weekly perks that make you lean towards certain weapons 
weapons like this week bows and sidearms are stronger against champions I've, I've outlined that idea many many times I but I don't think it's fair to say as and, and to be fair Destin's not the only one that has said this it's like well every season you know you guys are going to make all my weapons not good anymore and it's like well that's not true I mean there's plenty there are plenty of weapons right now that are that are perfectly fine and okay and a lot of the weapons we grind for in sundial are going to continue being awesome there's the auto rifle I got a good roll on the auto rifle today there's the sidearm there's that cool new flame uh, grenade launcher I got a good roll on the fusion rifle today uh, there's also the linear fusion that's really hitting nice and hard and heavy weapons are not getting disrupted each season by the artifact or by champion mods you can use whatever heavy weapon you want right now and the linear fusion if with the right rolls and the right circumstances it's a killer uh during arc heavyweight it's it's an absolute killer it does a very good job it's a small window of time damage on the scion and it really does a good job grabbing those heads it's perfect you know kind of a perfect length for it and then you know you can you can use it and feel like it's good and it's probably going to continue uh being good next season you know I, i can't see that being a sudden i don't think that's bungie's goal right I don't think Bungie's goal is to say, hey, every season your weapons suck. They, they, they certainly didn't do that going into Season of Dawn. So I don't anticipate them doing that in the future either. But I think little nudges to use new things um, would be good. Not all primaries should get all champion mods. It should be limited based on weapon class. Unstoppable for hand cannon scouts, anti-barrier for pulses SMGs, overload, something like that. I have no problem with that, Eugene. I really don't. I just think it should be... It, like, you're saying hand cannons and scouts for unstoppable. Hand cannon, scouts, and bows, right? That's perfect. Because some people like bows, some people like hand cannons. If you don't like scouts or bows and you mainly like hand cannons, you kind of feel like... Like what? You see what I'm saying? Like, I do think they need to give more freedom. They do. Because champion mods are just kind of becoming, I think, more of a source of annoyance than empowerment. And there's some adjustments they could make to make that feel better. Uh, Anthrax Veruz. I'm going to get to the next question in just a second. For so for those of you that are coming in a little late and you're like, what on earth is on Lono's screen right now? If you're wanting to maximize your Fractaline contributions to the Empyrean Foundation, this schedule is what you should do. The present week that we're in right now is the one at the very top. There are six weeks on this little guide here. So the week we're in right now, all of your Fractaline should be going into your planetary obelisks that is raising the resonance rank of the tower obelisk which subsequently is going to give you more fractaline each week so the week of february the 4th and the week of february the 11th you are doing the exact same thing you are dumping all fractaline into the planetary obelisks and raising the rank of the tower obelisk and then when you start february the 18th february 25th and march the 3rd those weeks those resets you should be doing the same thing you should be uh well not the same thing i'm sorry you should be pivoting to and i just checked d chess and got back to me you should be pivoting to contributing to the empyrean foundation so you're spending the present week and the following two so three weeks investing in the obelisks and then three weeks donating to the empyrean foundation that's all this is for it's just to maximize your ability to contribute also 
if you are new to the stream, I'm seeing a lot of new names in chat. If you're new to the stream and you're enjoying the vibe and you haven't clicked follow yet, that's a free and easy way to support me. You click follow, you turn on notifications. Lots of people have been showing up. There's like a momentum happening right now and I appreciate that support. Uh, you guys are the best and we're we're going to, this momentum is going into a new season so that's really exciting. Anthrax uh, or Anthrax says, if Trials of Osiris returns, will we go back to the lighthouse or will we be introduced to a new space? According to the data leaks, what we're doing with the Empyrean Foundation is rebuilding the lighthouse. That's the exact phrasing wording. Uh, wording. Oh, that's the exact phrasing used. Um, so, and Morgan Lee, uh, woo, six months. Thank you for half a year. That's a purple badge. Whiskey says whiskey km says with which weapon frames will you focus on when you donate your fractaline i actually haven't looked uh there's the sidearm there's the forge sidearm i haven't really focused on getting any good rolls for and then there is the forge pulse when i say forge i mean the curse of osiris weapons that kind of got brought back i've not focused on those two i've got good rolls on basically everything else so there are two guns i still haven't quite nailed down yet uh, and the sidearm. I don't think I've messed with the Saint sidearm because I have a God Roll Last Hope. It's like ricochet round. No, it's like ricochet rounds or, an, or, or or the whatever the other one that gives range, the anti armor one, armor piercing. And then I have Feeding Frenzy Rampage. Uh, it's stupid. Um, it's such a good. It's such a fun little saucy gun. Jware two. Have you put this much thought into your retirement investments? <laughs> Shut the frick up. Uh, Angry says, so are the planetary obelisks and the foundation two separate entities? Yes, which is why this schedule next to me has you doing two different things. The first couple of weeks, you are investing in the tower obelisks. I mean, the planetary obelisks, which is investing in the tower resonance score. And then when you when you've hit week of the 18th, after that point, you should be taking everything and dumping it into the Empyrean Foundation. Uh, again, this is just to maximize your contribution. You don't have to do it this way. Um, next question from L7Beeb. Do you think Bungie should do a stream telling the community what is going on and what they have plans for next season? This might not be in the cards, but I would love a monthly state of the game uh, uh, stream. They could say, um, because they do this in the TWAB, and I think there's just something more charming and more appealing about saying, like, sitting in a chair and saying, here are the problems that we uh, we presently are aware of. Here's what we are presently working on. Uh, here are some quality of life updates that are coming out. Here's some thought behind these quality of life updates and things that we are, you know, we are presently working on as a way to improve your experience it might just not be in the cards for them to sit down once a month and say hey you know this is what's going on you know fireside chat with Deej yeah I mean here's their tweet they sent out last night they said the security response team has just issued a fresh batch of punishments for players using illicit software to modify their gameplay as always keep it clean or face the ban hammer and I would like to know like are they making advancements in cheat detection? Are they making advancements towards something that would me be more anti-cheat? Um, you know, keeping us up to date on these things. I think it's really, really smart for people saying, could we get a crucible liaison or a crucible community manager to come out and, and, and maybe speak a little bit more directly and have more of a back and forth with the crucible community, especially it'd be great to get that in place when trials launches. Um, Every month they could sit down and say, hey, hey guys, 
you know, Crucible community lead here. Just wanted to talk to you guys about the last four weeks. Uh, we're going to do a couple runovers here of the heat maps on the on the on the uh, on the different maps. We heard some feedback from you guys about uh, spawn flipping on this particular map and the position of the control point that led to some un, un, unfavorable matches. Uh, we're taking that under advisement. We're running some simulations, and we're going to consider moving a couple of things around with respect to spawn points and the control point. Like just something like that, I think would make people be like, "Oh, this is good. This is a conversation." I don't know if they can do that every month. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, if doing that every month just might not be in the cars. They're busy. They're working on stuff. Uh, cranking out this content is clearly stretching them because quality is going down. We're having an increase in bugs. So quality assurance and testing seems to be uh, declining a little bit. Uh, it's unfortunate. I don't like saying that. I loved always being able to say that like Destiny is one of the most bug-free games ever. They almost never had issues in the past like we're having now. Uh, if you just sample the last three months of, of bugs and things that have needed addressed and disabled, we've had more bugs and broken things in the last three months probably than the entire life cycle of the game. Unfortunately, I think that is symptomatic of them trying to do their absolute best and most to give us lots of stuff, and quality is subsequently going down. So, Commander Tyke with 13 months, here's to another month from a Toxic Warlock. Keep up the good work, thank you. JD Gamer. Lono, now with Trials coming out next season, do you believe we could still see a raid before next September or October? If you're getting a raid, it's not in the summer. It will be a raid layer in uh, Season of the Worthy. I don't think... There's no way we're getting a full raid. There's no way they're going to do a raid in the summer right before September because September is usually when they like to do the big raids. So raid bandwidth and prioritization and triaging would dictate that the best time to do a new raid would be right smack dab in the middle, which would be in the next season, which would give them the most time to work on it as well as sharing the time with the next raid that they likely would like to build for September. So... I would say if we're getting more raid content, it will be in Season of the Worthy, you know, in March, and it will be a raid layer sized raid. It will not be big. I would say somewhere between Eater of Worlds and Scourge and no bigger. That again is just I'm I'm basing this off of uh, past content rhythm of deliverables, the fact that they had more bandwidth because they had High Moon Studios and Vicarious Visions in the past, so I'm basing those predictions off of those things um, in, in what we got in the past, and how often we got raid content in the past, the size of that raid content uh, that we, we, we were getting when we were getting more than one raid a year. Unknown. Would you not get more total benefit uh, by investing in the third week Instead of week four and five, you get it all back to donate still. We looked at the numbers. The guy ran the numbers on Reddit. And basically, we double and triple check this. You start investing. uh, You stop investing as soon as the 18th hits. And you're contributing all Fractaline. Whether it comes from the Tower Obelisk or your bounties or your Sundial runs. Every, every single one would go into the Empyrean. This is, again, just to mathematically maximize your contribution. You don't have to do it this way. Uh, you don't. If you can pace it and look at your totals and look at your weekly schedule and you know you can hit 5,000 without ever doing any of this this stuff here that I've outlined, then you're you're totally fine to do that. Enzian. 
How do you think Bungie is ever going to get away from guns being perk 1 reload speed and perk 2 damage buff even after the nerfed damage perks? Well, presently, a lot of us have been going for things like demolitionist and explosive rounds or um, demolitionist and what's the other one? People, Vorpal or Osmosis. So they are moving this rudder. I do. I, I don't think we can ignore the fact they attempted to, to move this rudder both last season and this season. I believe that Osmosis, Vorpal, and what's that other weird one that like you get different bonuses dependent on a, if you're Arc Solar or Void subclass? What's that one called? In any case, they have added more perks to that last that last perk. Um that last perk slot. They've added more this season, and none of them are damage perks. Elemental Capacitor, thank you. Well, Vorpal, Vorpal's a damage perk, but in a very specific way. Uh, it, it, Vorpal increases damage to a boss, vehicles, and guardians in their super. And then Elemental Capacitor is not a damage perk. Osmosis is not a damage perk. Um, what's the one with lead or something where like you get heavy... You get green ammo from heavy ammo they did add lead from gold thank you Uh, they've added I, I really do I think they deserve credit this season I think that's been really really glossed over by the naysayers you know the people that are like oh this season wasn't that good or there's nothing to really chase we've been asking for new perks for a really long time and it's got to be pretty annoying and a bit of a bummer to be on the weapon design team and be like man we cooked up some really cool new perks for them this season and nobody's talking about them you know I, they, they did, I, I feel like they did some cool stuff this season they added a whole new grenade launcher you know there's a wave wave frame grenade launcher um, so I some of the perks don't don't they leave a lot to be desired for lead from gold ain't that great and elemental capacitor ain't that great osmosis and vorpal are pretty cool and then the new wave frame grenade launcher is pretty cool so cool stuff efficient stuff i think is there they just need to continue to iterate on it and i i i do agree with you moving away from reload perks and damage perks is a really really good idea that's all yeah they also brought back clown cartridge <laughs> forgot about that no they brought back clown cartridge in shadow and shadow keep didn't they could you get that on the sniper from from the the altar of sorrows i thought maybe i'm misremembering maybe clown cartridge came back this season and i've got that wrong um somebody in chat is saying nope okay so it was this season that clown cartridge came back Oh, that's right. Clown Cartridge came back on the new sniper, and it can also roll on the rocket launcher this season, too. The ones from the season pass. I think that's where we saw them. Navaki. We know that we will most likely rebuild the lighthouse in the Empyrean Foundation. What do you think is going to happen after? Uh, trials will launch. Uh, is anything going to happen this season? Or do you think we'll get the fruit of the... I think it's all next season. I think it's all next season. It's going to... You know how they did that with, like, the... the we built... We built that gate, and then we fought the Undying Mind, and then Osiris turns up in a cutscene and talks to Ikora. I think they're going to do something very similar. Um, Osiris and Saints, you know, somebody is going to be like, you know, um, you know, somebody's going to say, hey, um, probably Osiris, what have you been doing? Oh, the lighthouse has returned, and then they're going to, then you know, there's going to be a passing of the torch. Uh, PS Vita. We, uh, I'm lost, so can I go right now and put my Fractaline in? I am tentatively, I'm waiting for some confirmation here, but I am tentatively telling folks that starting this week, all Fractaline should be going into the planetary obelisks. The by who? 
if trials is part of the next season is paid content do you think it would go away as the pve content has no there there's no way they're doing that i cannot see trials going away after a season now i can see them changing things season to season in trials changing the map rotation changing the loot changing the you know the the bounties or whatever but there is no way they're gonna make us wait this long for trials and then bring it back and be like i hope you guys enjoyed that because it's gone again like i don't think that they would do that uh is it guaranteed to go ahead and invest now waiting for confirmation from deej and once we get that confirmation we're gonna go yes this is the best strategy we're putting it out there because we're about 90% sure this is the right call. Um, uh, the Real Banshee. Do you see Bungie is hiring for an art lead with Unreal Engine experience? Maybe D3 in the Unreal Engine. Elliot, uh, one of the leads from the art department, he retweeted that and he indicated it was not a Destiny position so no somebody mentioned me on the tweet and was like oh my gosh unreal for d3 and i was like homie read what you just mentioned me on elliot literally said this is not for destiny (laughs) like it's not a destiny project he didn't even say a destiny 2 project he said this is not for destiny jet boy does it matter which planet obelisk we choose to jump no it doesn't seem to matter you can dump them all in one or if you want to divide it take your total and divide it by uh, four so that you're splitting it up four ways and then if you want to know the total of times you're going to have to level each tower up each obelisk up you divide it by four then divide it by um, 200 because that's going to say oh you have to give X number of thousand to this obelisk because you divide it by four. Okay, divide it by 200 because every 200 it levels up. Uh, Niche King. If you could guess, what would you think three exotics will be next season? I, I'm not going to guess. Uh, Engramar. Is it confirmed that each resonance rank will provide 100 fractaline in the tower obelisk? The way that it presently works is every rank adds a hundred to the tower's resonance. So for every two, every every one hundred on the resonance, I'm sorry, comes from a rank on a tower on a planetary obelisk. So every two hundred fractaline you currently have, you throw that two hundred in, in an obelisk. It raises it by a level, and then you get a hundred resonance rank on the tower. So that's why. If you have 10,000 Fractaline and you dump that on all the planets, that results in a 5,000 resonance gain on the tower. 10,000 gets halved into 5,000 because for every 200 Fractaline you give, you gain 100 resonance at the tower. John Wallies. Have all the rewards uh, from donation been revealed? No, they have not revealed them all. I don't think. Self-professed geek. Push planet obelisk past level 11 that's that yeah you can you're allowed to do that um flying mangoes do you think it's possible that factions return yeah we already had this question it seems like it's a high possibility given the language of other something else will return how do you unlock the fourth time loss drop in sundial my season pass is complete and obelisk rank 11 but i did not have three drops per run you got to go to one of the obelisks and you probably haven't pressed the button and bought the award with glimmer. I think you buy them with glimmer. One of the obelisks on one of the planets, you haven't gone to it and you've you've upgraded them all to 11, but you have to go to the individual obelisks and actually buy those upgrades. You have to like click on them and and get them. So somewhere along the lines you've forgotten to do that. It's probably what oh, we said to do it meant, right? Mars EDZ Nessus right? Isn't that how we said to do it? 
um, Entangled Shore to do them in that order, I thought. So it's either the Mars or the EDZ that, that you missed out on doing it. I believe those are the ones for the extra drops. Vapor. Do you think reskin weapons will come back to trials, or do you think it'll be a mix of old and new? I would imagine, and I would hope, if you're going to call it Trials of Osiris, it would be all new armor and weapons, because everything in the game right now is Trials of the Nine. If it's reskins or revisits or whatever, or nostalgic stuff from D1, that's a risk. I think most Trials fans would be okay with that. A lot of them think fondly of those times. But I would say the absolute best course of action would be a whole new armor set and a whole new batch of weapons. So it's a new Trials of Osiris, no questions asked. And then obviously you're going to have to charge for it. It's got to be a part of the season format. Uh, Gab, Mad Black. If I, I'm sorry, if they brought back factions like they were in D1, would that be enough for PvE for next season? No, it would not. There needs to be an activity. If you are going to take away Sundial, it needs to be replaced with an activity. You can't claim Trials as that activity because Trials uses existing elements in the game. It uses existing maps and it uses an existing hopper. You just go to the Crucible. So if you're going to yank Sundial out of the game, it needs to be replaced. And I would imagine that's the plan. Uh, Kill a Coal. If they bring back factions, do you think they will be more like D1 with vendor gear and weekly rotations? I think they need to create a hybrid between the D1 version and the D2 version. I think Faction Rally on a monthly rotation is a good system. I do also think you should be committed to a faction for the entire season, grinding up your rank with them, getting bounties, uh, shaders, uh, emblems, ghosts, sparrows, ships, all of that. And then Faction Rally is a way to introduce gear, and then it goes away. And then the next Faction Rally the gear from week the first the first rally becomes available all the time as like a frame or a bounty grind or something and then the new stuff gets introduced so every rally introduces new stuff while rotating the old stuff down to the general pool so it's always available you're 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 bringing the the best of both worlds i think rhythmic urgency for a week long thing is good hey if you want to get a good role play this week if you miss out on that just wait till next time and they rotate down and then they're always available so you're honoring the way of the past where they're always there you're always grinding them you're always getting stuff but you're also honoring the new and maintaining that rhythmic urgency of like here is a you know a reason to check out similar to Iron Banner you know I think factions would do well if they pulled from both systems from uh, the D1 and the D2 system as well Whiskey KM do you think that they will give us different game mode other than horde mode next season I have no idea on how to speculate on that Johnny P 90% of Destiny's horde mode public event basically a horde mode Strikes, basically horde mode. Sundial, horde mode. The, the forges, horde mode. Reckoning, horde mode. It's all horde mode. Go in a room, stand around, kill stuff, waves of stuff. Boss comes, move on to the next. It's it's like a nomadic horde mode. You do it in strikes, you do it in menagerie, you do it in sundial. People that bristle at the idea of more menagerie, more sundial, more horde mode, I don't know what destiny you're playing, but that's basically the entire dadgum game. There's almost no linear mission-like gameplay in this game, and even if that is what they do, that's not not really a game mode it's a mission or a strike does that make sense a game mode in games like this most game modes in pve that are repetitious and grindable are horde mode style because like i i don't want to be mean but like come on like what else are they going to do they can't create super long linear missions now menagerie and sundial are nomadic horde modes meaning you're traveling you're you're, you're nomadic right you're moving from one thing to the next there or you could say linear horde modes um 
I don't know what else folks want them to do. I really don't. Like, that's Destiny. That's been Destiny since I was standing, waiting for my ghost to unlock the three locks in the Sepix Prime Strike, where it's like, okay, I'm waiting for the locks to unlock, and I'm doing a horde mode defense thing. So, I... At this point, if you don't like that, I I don't know what sort of innovation you're expecting because Escalation Protocol, Menagerie, Sundial, Blindwell, The Forges, Reckoning, these have all been, I think, really, really good iterations and evolutions of the idea of a horde mode. I think they've all been good and creative and fun and unique, and when people want to complain about that, I'm like, I don't know what what would make you happy because they've done, I think, a pretty impressive job with the limited sort of framework that they work within similar samey bosses and enemies and creating environments like reckoning menagerie forges blind well sundial all to, to a certain degree feel unique in their own in, in their own right and you know if you add something that's linear like the whisper mission or a strike or a dungeon it's literally just a mission that you run over and over again um and I just think most PvE games that you're going to play, that's what they're going to do. If they're going to give you repetitious content, that's how it's going to be structured. It's going to be wave-based. Johnny P, do you think we will get a new raid in Season of the Worthy? Already answered this question. Uh, Omac, since the season is called Season of the Worthy, do you, uh, what do you think we'll be trying to prove our worth for? Or is it just being worthy in general? Gearing up for something. Sometimes we're just celebrating our worth and our power and our valor. Um... It could be to set an example, right? We're building this beacon for a new generation of like of guardians. Maybe we understand that there's a war on the way and we have to inspire another generation to fight and be worthy and strong. And we're using this time to both train and set an example. Uh, King Kari. With pretty much uh, confirmed Trials of Osiris, do you think the microscope is going to be put on the Crucible Sandbox that comes with the return of Trials will be the benefit to the Crucible Sandbox as a whole? Also, do you think the Sandbox update will be inbound with the beginning of Season of the Worthy for Crucible? I said this in my Trials of Osiris video. Trials of Osiris can be a good capstone, but they can't ignore the rest of Crucible. There are fundamental things in Crucible that need to be addressed with respect to too many game modes, you know, nine, eight or nine game modes, fragments the player base too much, anti-cheat needs to come into the game, Uh, certain things potentially like handheld supernova need to be looked at because of the map control that you're going to get in a game like Trials from that. I do think, as I've said a couple of times leading up to this moment, that the, a lot of the things people hate in the Crucible Sandbox will struggle to get traction in Trials. It's more slowed down, it's 3v3, it's more tactical. So the mindless rushing in with shoulder charge, tractor can oh, not tractor cannon, I'm sorry, shoulder charge, shotgun, Lord of Wolves, um, these sorts of things, even a rental, I think are going to struggle because people are just smarter and more aware. They're not going to hold a lane and let you get that a rental charge up on them. They're not going to let you just charge in with a with a shoulder charge or a lord of wolves um mindless aggressive stupid plays don't work in trials because you hand them a pick and then they're in the position of power if you hand them a pick it's usually over uh unless the team is terrible handing a handing a mediocre team a pick really really puts the other team on their heels you got to be at a very very high level a lot of times to come back from a sloppy pick because a sloppy pick usually means that your ghost is not resible um, which leads to which leads to a big advantage. So I don't think I don't think a lot of the meta and a lot of the sandbox is going to land as frustrating in trials as it is right now in sixes in the chaos that ensues in the general playlist. However, 
I do think some sandbox updates and tweaks need to be looked at. Again, there's some builds and there's some things with grenades and ammo and stuff that are potentially going to be problematic to the flow of trials, whether it's some stuff that's going on with snipers or stuff that's going on with handheld supernova. Bungie's going to have to examine what that's going to do to play flow and map and map rhythm. Because if you can hold lanes uh, and lock them down because you have an abundance of special ammo, or if you can push lanes and push choke points because handheld supernova is like Destiny 2's, you know, firebolt grenades with Viking Funeral from D1, like, that's when you're going to run into problems because that disrupts balance and it makes certain things just way too easy to disrupt map control. Niche King. Every season it looks like we have a few new weapons to throw the champion mods on to change the meta. Do you think that during whatever the last season is, four season roadmaps for us to Shadowkeep, the mods will be available for every weapon. I would like that to happen well before that. I don't think that it's working having them super restrictive right now. I'm not looking forward to another season of being told where I can put champion mods. I don't think that's how that's I don't think that's landing in the way that initially they thought it was going to. I think it's more of an irritation than a value. Uh, Alan says, is it worth it to spend the Fractaline and the Obelisk? Uh, How much Fractaline will the Obelisk levels give? I've walked through this strategy numerous times, so I'm not going to do it again. Rewatch this if you want to hear it, or just apply what's on the screen right now. Three weeks of investing in the planets, and then three weeks of contributing to the Empyrean Foundation. Uh, Mohan. Does each Obelisk give different rewards uh, when the levelers are the same? I actually don't know. If Flame is in chat, he could chime in. He leveled up all four of his significantly and said he got lots of armor. I don't know if the loot pools vary according to Obelisk. I don't think they do. Some stupid songbird says, What is your opinion on removing the year one static rolled weapons when we get random roll version of that weapon? I do think that that would be potentially a, a cool thing to do, but unfortunately there's probably people that still have them in their inventory, so you can't just start deleting stuff from the game, because you would subsequently then be deleting them from their inventory. There are plenty of white and green weapons right now that could be deleted to save database room. There's also duplicates of blues that could be removed to save database room. If they're trying to thin out the weapon pool for the sake of like a data like a like a, a data storage or just managing the database in collections, there's one easy step they could take right away, and that's just just immediately delete all whites and greens. They're not needed, they don't drop anymore, not even when you're a brand new player because you're 750 and you're getting blues and purples. So Aaron with another que- with a question. At what level should I stop on the obelisks? I have 4,800 Fractaline. Now with bounties, I've already outlined the Fractaline uh, strategy. I'm not doing it again. Morgan's Baby Daddy. Since Shadowkeep has launched, it seems that the overall game quality in terms of performance has gone down. Low times, bugs, ETC. I've never known them to have to disable weapons before, sometimes for multiple seasons. Do you think it's time for them to try st- the, to stabilize the game as much as possible and start working on D3 after this year? I mean, we've already kind of addressed um a lot of this so i don't know what you want me to say i mean should they just start working on d3 or try to stabilize this game i I, this just feels like a false dichotomy like they shouldn't abandon the stability of destiny 2 and they shouldn't just immediately jump to destiny 3 I think they should always try and make the present game as polished as possible with as many things to do as possible while also trying to triage properly and make sure that they're putting time or or dedicating time to creating the next game. Azula. Should we invest in Planet Obelisk even after they've reached rank 11? We've already answered this numerous times. DJ Joker. 
as all of my planetary obelisks are at least rank 11 how relevant is the idea of fractaline going into them surely i can just feed straight into the tower nope you gotta listen to the advice i've given up to now these questions were submitted very close together so it's clear chat was trying to deduce what the strategy was if you didn't hear my answer you'll just have to go back and watch this q a and i explain what this image is at the very beginning ambiguously aaron since reacquiring destiny from activision do you foresee bungie working on eliminating cross save and making d2 cross platform mark noseworthy indicated this is something they want to do but at the present time there's a lot standing in the way of doing it jj saxon with concerns of cheaters and trials how might the entry requirement for trials evolve with each new season seasonal quests artifact leveling i have basically said you make people buy the season that it launches in that's a paywall you have a power requirement that's a grind wall and then you have a quest requirement that's a time gate wall uh if you're if you're wanting to play trials and you hit 950 and you own the season and you've gone through whatever the quest is then you're fine if you cheat and get banned because you're douche that needs to go somewhere else and never come back but you decide to come back and you make another account good for you now you get to grind to 950 that's not fast that's going to take you probably two to three weeks even with really good rng oh welcome to 950 now that you're 950 you got to run a quest and that quest is time gated and it's going to take you two weeks to complete you know that and if someone's like what about a brand new player lono what about a brand new player that's fine a brand new player doesn't need to buy the game right away and jump into trials weekend one if it takes them about a month to complete everything i just outlined that's totally fine it's end game aspirational content a brand new player is not jumping into a raid either they would spend a couple weeks leveling up and getting powerful enough to even get into the power deltas of the end game content so this would serve as a nice barrier to cheaters making other accounts the only people who would get past this are people that are either cheating on somebody else's account and it goes unnoticed because it's only for an afternoon and then they get their account back and their account can already be 950 and have done the quest and everything that those people would sneak through and then people that are basically anticipating this and having alt accounts that are grinding all the time so when they get banned they got a couple accounts already you know loaded up and ready to go who have done everything required the hope would be that it would be it wouldn't feel super grindy for you to do it, but if you had to do it six and seven times because you keep having to make new accounts because you keep getting banned, the hope would be that these douchebag loser parasites would just go play something else. H22 Accord. Has it been confirmed that every obelisk rank upgrade rewards an armor piece? It seems that way. Commander Tyke, do you think that obelisks are the best format for every vendor in D2? I think in general, obelisks bring... Um, exactly what I think is needed to an NPC. They bring bounties, they bring weapon frames, and they bring seasonal rank with benefits. I think that's what every NPC in the game needs to look like. CWJPCI, extremely casual player due to life and work. I just uh, activated my Tangled Shore Obelisk, and I want to knock the rest out this weekend. I know I'm behind. What should I prioritize with my Fractaline? Leveling up the Obelisks. If you want to level up all four, it's going to take you a while. You're going to probably spend the next two weeks doing nothing but Obelisk Bounties and Sundial and Fractaline Skimmer and and then using all of that to level up all of your uh, obelisks. Soap. What does increasing the resonance ranks of the tower obelisk do? I have a bunch of fractal line and I've been saving it. So basically, when the resonance rank hits, let's just say 5,000, that means you've donated a total of 10,000 fractal line. 10,000 fractal line gets halved into resonance 
of the of the tower obelisk so you have 5,000 residents in the tower obelisk that means every reset it's going to hand you 5,000 uh, fractaline which means that's why you spend you know this week and the week of February the 4th and the week of February 11th taking every single piece of fractaline and dumping it into the planetary obelisks so that 5,000 residents is going up each week and then when the February the 18th hits you've now maximized the total the total you know, resonance rank of the Tower Obelisk, and now you take everything you get each week and you donate it to the Empyrean Foundation. Because if you wait too long, you're going to make way less. If you do it too early, you're going to make less as well. If you're trying to maximize the schedule right here, is what you're supposed to do. Gab, do you see the anti cheat post Bungie made? Is that going to be enough for anti cheat? Didn't look like anti cheat to me, it just looked like they banned people. That's not anti cheat. Banning is reaction. Anti cheat is a preventative barrier that prevents you from playing or detects it and bans you like on the fly. Anti cheat is not, hey, we caught people and banned them after research. That's not anti cheat. Remorse, what's the likelihood we will see a weapons 2.0 in September? Uh, they could implement all of the changes you and a number of community members have outlined in the removal of dupes, new perks, rebalance, and over utility damage perks, etc. Uh, Luke Smith indicated they wanted to do what, what amounts to a weapons 2.0. I mean, some people would say that weapons 2.0 is forsaken. I, I don't really care what terminology we use, but when people say weapons 2.0, they're referencing armor 2.0, which was a significant change to the way that the perks and the mods and the roles worked on armor. And folks are anticipating something similar for guns. Luke Smith indicated they want to do that, but that there's no like, oh, we'll do it right now, you know, or we'll do it right away. There's, it, it doesn't seem like they could do it very quickly. He also said they wanted to think about how long you use your weapon and infusion and everything else. It seemed like there were multiple systems that were going to come under the microscope. I think infusion needs to go away. It's pointless. Slot leveling makes way more sense. When I get my heavy slot to 960, it doesn't make sense to have 958s, 957s, 956s, 940s, 955s. It doesn't make any sense. Just that slot's 960 now. Uh, infusion currency is used for leveling the armor anyway, and they could reutilize that, that that currency in weapons and upgrading weapons or upgrading weapon perks or something. But um, infusion is just completely and utterly pointless right now. Uh, it isn't necessary. They're handing you upgrade modules during the season pass, and they're really easy to get from bounties, and they're not that expensive if you're Destiny rich. So infusion is just a completely, in my mind, it is a dead mechanism in the game. They make it to where you don't even think about it or feel it. They make it very, very easy, and all it does is cause like almost like a, it's like you're tarnished. Oh, I hit 960 on my gear. Yeah, but are you going to really want to infuse every single gear you have for your heavy slot, your primary slot, your secondary slot? You want to infuse all that to 960? Well, no. Why? Because you don't need to. The artifact makes up the difference with power, and at that point in time, you're above level anyway, so it's just cosmetic. You don't need to take something from 955 to 960, but it's kind of annoying. It's like... Well, I'm 960, but I almost never get to celebrate that in in my in my gear total because my gear is just all over the place. Because there's no benefit to infusing; it just you barely need to even spend the resources to do it because they hand you so many upgrade modules. Avon, what do you think they are going to do with Gambit? They haven't made changes since almost a year. Seems like they've left it to wither on the vine. No, this is this is a this is not a correct take. Luke Smith indicated in the director's cut that eventually they'll be whittling it down to one game mode. 
Deej clarified those comments and said that for the duration of year three, which means all the way until September of this year, they have no plans to switch it down to one game mode. Um, so at the present time, uh, they don't have any grandstanding plans for Gambit other than to eventually go down to one game mode, whether it's Prime or traditional Gambit. But I don't believe they're leaving it alone to wither and die. Uh, I don't think that that's correct. Um, they seem to be focusing on other things. I mean, you could make the same argument to the Strike playlist or the Crucible. I, I don't just because they're not doing active updates or adding maps or adding loot to it doesn't mean they're letting it wither and die. That's I don't I think I don't think that's what they're doing. Um, I think Gambit gets decent engagement. It gets engagement roughly similar to raids. It's about 10% of the daily engaged player base plays Gambit. I think those numbers would probably get a little bit better if they streamlined the playlist to not be Prime and Gambit and just have one hopper just called Gambit. Um, And also, I think they could afford to make a lot of changes to the way the game mode feels. It doesn't need to be a sweaty PvP mode game in disguise. Uh, Everything seems to rise and fall on PvP and Invasion, which really turns off the bigger player base, which is PvE. Uh, The PvE player base is larger, and I think Gambit's a huge turnoff to most of them because it's very disruptive and it feels like a PvP game mode in disguise. As a PvP game mode in disguise, it doesn't really appeal to PvP players. It's not really a a, a fully orbed and holistic PvP experience, and so it's kind of stuck in this weird no-man's land. And I believe if they soften some of the edges and some of the frustrations and some of the snowball elements and some of the the over- realization and the over influence of the pvp elements i think they would start to get more pve players in there which would make the player bases you know uh, connection times and speed of getting in games quicker and it would feed the funnel if they go down to one funnel of we don't have gambit and gambit prime we're we're combining them into one mode just called gambit um, you'd probably get more people in there if it was less painful for PvE folks just to go in and feel like they could kind of have a good time and not feel like it's this, if you make one mistake, it's probably over. It's really, really tough to come back from somebody dying and losing moats or making a mistake or a misjudgment. Uh, and it's really tough to deal with teams that get that first invade and get a couple of kills. It's, it's, it's mathematically, it's not insurmountable, but it's pretty close to being, fe- it's feeling insurmountable, uh, as soon as you get behind and then they get the double invade. Um, it's really, really hard to get in front of that rhythm. It's really, really tough. So, I would say that's what they would need to do. And potentially, they could get more more folks in there. People that are like, oh, get rid of it, get rid of it, it's terrible. I, they, they, get a, they get a good enough player engagement total every day to not just completely ignore it and let it wither and die, uh, as the question seems to indicate. Um, I think they get enough engagement to keep it and improve it, but here's the problem, okay? When do you do that? Because it's an existing game mode, and no one's going to want to pay for a season where they fix Gambit. I mean, Season of the Drifter left a lot of us with, you know, a bit of a, a bit of a bad taste in our mouth. And if we see a season that's focused in, 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 in any degree around Gambit, I think folks would be concerned. I think they would be concerned about what's that, you know, what is that going to look like? Um, what are they going to you know, what are they going to offer? And I think folks would say, I, I've already made up my mind and I don't like Gambit, so I'm not buying that season. It would need to be something, if I was Bungie, 
and I had a plan to fix Gambit, I would do it in the middle of a season as like a quality of life update. Hey guys, bit of a lull right now in the season. Hopefully you guys are plugging away at X, Y, and Z. Really blah, blah, blah. Looking forward to this and this in two weeks. While we're waiting for that, we plan to deploy an update next week on thus, thus and so Tuesday to make some changes to Gambit. The first order of business is trimming it down to one playlist as well as making the following changes. And then they would just rattle off all the changes to the things that people have highlighted as reasons they don't like it that would probably be the best received update to gambit because it would be like a hey we're in a bit of a lull i'll go check it out you know there's not much else going on right now let's go let's go take a look um as opposed if they make it the centerpiece of any season you're gonna make people i don't want to do that drifter is probably the lowest point of the post forsaken era Osiris was the low point and then we got to Forsaken everything seemed to turn around and then Drifter was rough Um, think about it you can say all day that you like Gambit or that you play Gambit regularly when only 10% of the community is daily engaging with it what do I say what do I say all the time to the top 10% to the hardcore players that can't make content for you so that can't make a season for you if you're a fan of Gambit because you're a minority you're in the 10% I'm not telling you that you don't they shouldn't they shouldn't improve it I'm not saying they should get rid of it I want you to continue to get Gambit because 10% of you daily seem to enjoy it but they're not going to make seasonal content or, or center a season around something that appeals to such a small portion of the community it is a portion just like raids are a portion right so it needs to be continued to be iterated on and improved upon however they cannot make it the centerpiece of a season. I think that would be a huge mistake, given the player base numbers and the general receptiveness of the community to try something like that, even after they've made up their mind about it. So, we're going to keep on streaming. If you've got more questions and things you want to talk about and discuss about, go ahead and put that in chat. I'll get to that in a moment. Also, if you enjoyed this segment, remember to click follow and turn on notifications. That's a free way to support my Twitch stream. If you're listening or watching in all the other locations, you can always use say no to rage.com to come in and watch live. As always, please like, share, and subscribe.